0: Uh, Listening to The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM, we have come to the second hour of the show. It's 8.04am. I'm looking out our, what do you call this kind of window? Is it like uh, super glazed? I don't know. The kind of window it's like translucent. Crystallized. Crystallized. We can barely see through it, but I can tell that it's a sunny day outside, but we're a little bit chilly here in the Hunter Valley, and we are going to have another quiz.
1: Who would have nothing to do with the author of Third John? Uh, if you know the answer to that question, wow. uh, dial in or text in to 0491 064 669. The question again is, who would have nothing to do with the author of 3rd John?
0: Who had beef? With, with John, <laughs> <Yeah>. essentially. <How laughs> Who, John beef with John? Yeah, well, he, he just wrote all these beautiful books about how much he loved people. right? Yeah. Who, who's, got, who's got beef with him? In, who's got beef with the author of 3rd John? And by beef, I mean some kind of strife or contention or, or difficulty. If you know the answer, hey, what's our prize for this week?
1: The prize for this week is the Revive Cookbook 8. Now, every time you uh, answer a question, you'll go into the drawer... It'll be drawn on Friday, so you'll you'll get to receive that book if you win. We're going to spin the wheel. If you it lands on your name, you'll get to receive the Revive Cookbook Eight.
0: Mm. Hey, we, you guys have been absolutely flat out answering the quiz. We have a ton of answers in, but you. You've been a little quiet on the commentary side, you know, usually, usually getting in with a few more opinions, which we love to hear. We do have David writing in. He says, what about people who – and now this is specifically in relationship to – we were talking about the bill that's being proposed in Australia to combat misinformation on social media. And we essentially talked about the potential problems with that because people on social media aren't professional journalists, but rather people – and so, if what you're seeing is said to be wrong as you know the and the standard by which is held up by the government, uh, it, you could get fined up to two point seven million dollars or six million dollars if you're a business. Uh, David writes in this is an important point because this is specifically on the issue. Of biblical interpretation, he writes. What about people going to fellowship on Sundays? And couldn't that be incorrect information? So for for David here, I'm assuming he's someone who keeps Sabbath on Saturday. There are people who keep Sabbath on Sunday. There are people who have their holiday on various times in the week. You know, I, I think of uh, our Muslim brothers and sisters who you know go to temple on on Friday, whatever it may be. And to assert that one day is correct is is that like. Is, is are you going to get done? Are you going to get fined? Like, and that's because Facebook or the government's biblical interpretation is that Sabbath is actually Sunday. You know, how how far does this go? I I I don't know if they'll take those steps, but they potentially could, it, it, and we could see that happening in the future. And I think that. Leads us perfectly into a promotion that we're actually doing all this month. It is our Sabbath gift promotion, which is that all across Faith FM we've been having testimonies about how people have been positively blessed by the Sabbath, uh, and also we are giving out a resource called the Sabbath gift, which you can claim. You just have to text in zero four nine one zero six four six six nine with the word Sabbath, and if you text that word in, you'll get uh, all the you know uh, the resources and whatnot that we can provide uh jackie writes and she says the new bill passed on social media wondering if we need to put our own disclaimer on anything we post (laughs) oh that's yeah like uh hey this is a matter of opinion don't sue me facebook you know something like that maybe uh you know maybe we need a site now I, I've been getting really reference. into that habit of referencing, uh, uh, you know, as a result of uni education, and and I get absolutely grilled when I do it wrong. In fact, I lost points on my last um, on my last essay because in my bibliography, in my reference list, uh, instead of writing pres- like when you when you have your reference there, I wrote for the publishing house. I wrote, you know, Pacific Press Publishing Association, and they were like the publishing. Publishing so- association is unnecessary, and so we're going to dock points from style as a result of this because it's incorrectly referenced. And I was like,
1: oh,
0: <laughs> I was like, okay, <laughs> fair enough. But yeah, is that misinformation? Yeah. So then, am I am I contributing to misinformation? Am I going to get sued by my university for you know, or you know, by the government? Are the government going to turn my essays over to the uni and say this person's going to get done? But is is that is that the level that we're going to be upheld to? It's 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 very interesting. Mm. It's it's a really it's it's an it's an unfolding it's a dynamic space and of course like here on Faith FM you know we are a radio station and we uh, get paid or getting get we receive some level of money to be able to share the Bible and whatnot and so I guess there would be restrictions that we come over or under automatically because we would be considered as a part of press or journalism or whatever it may be because we're a commercial enterprise but yeah for Facebook man oof. Yeah, Facebook, I'm, Instagram, Twitter, all of them. I'm scared. I'm I'm worried about my shout out all my brothers and sisters. You know, all, everyone out there fighting the good fight. You know, stay out of Facebook jail because it might bring along with it great fines. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, you're listening to the breakfast show this morning, and we're going to get into our Bible study for today, which is all about the book of Ephesians. Well, not just for today, but for the next quarter, for the next 13 weeks, we are going to be looking at. The book of Ephesians, we're going to be studying it, we're going to be understanding it, we're going to be looking at what Paul and what God has to communicate through this book for us. I love being able to go through an epistle of Paul. I think that Paul is a fantastic writer of the Bible. You know, some of Paul's books, some of my favorites, I mean, particularly, I I got to say, one of my favorite books in the Bible is Hebrews. Now, it's a little bit speculatory because, you know, there are some scholars who would say that Paul didn't write it, but... For myself, I'm like, it's, it's Paul. It's Paul. It's Paul, dude. Come on. Uh, it's scholarly enough to be Paul. It, absolutely. Uh, but Ephesians is another fantastic book. And I love that our lesson, it essentially starts off with looking at the importance of or, or the motivation that Paul would have to write this book. Um, and particularly coming from, they, they use this perspective of Abraham Lincoln and the Gettysburg Address in 1863. Do you, do you know the Gettysburg Address? No. You've probably heard the phrase before, you know, four and seven years ago. Oh, yeah, it's it's this address to the people of the United States it, preceding essentially the... or around the time of the... the, the, the towards the end of the Civil War, um, which essentially... The, the big test, what, what was seen within the Civil War was whether the United States of America would actually band together as a United State, essentially, or whether those states would band together. Up until that point, you had people... In America, you know, who would identify by their states? So rather than being an American, they would identify as an Ohioan or a Maine—you know, someone from Maine or someone from you know New York. They would say, "Oh, I'm from these particular areas." So it'd be like
1: New South Wales versus Queensland, sort yeah. That, of thing, right,
0: <laughs> that's right. I'm a New South Welshman, but you know, Australia—we're incredibly patriotic, right? Mm, so yeah. like, oh, I'm Australian, but. Even if uh, if you had someone from America at that time that would head overseas, they would identify themselves, I'm an Ohioan. You know, mm. I'm, I, I'm, I'm from this particular area. But then post, you know, the Civil War, post 1863, uh, we saw really at that time the formulation of the United States and the galvanization – well, the formulation of the United States came in 1776 – but the galvanization of the United States, where it was like, okay, this is who we are and this is, you know, this this is what is the system that we're moving forward with, the United States of America. Because obviously, you know, the Civil War was a battle between the North and the South and we saw, you know, the South wanting to secede and individual state rights and, and all of these different things that they were fighting over. Uh, but then, again, they galvanized into the United States of America, which... Abraham Lincoln, he was, you know, very much on the side of wanting a United States of America, upholding that 1776, um, yeah, creation of uh, the US. But from this point forward, uh, we see that you know the United States is what it is today as one, you know, nation, and their, their mantra, "One Nation Under God." That's that's what they identify as, but what we see quite clearly is that took place, that galvanization happened as a result of great tribulation in America. Mm. You know, the, the civil war, a lot of lives. Oh, so many people died. Mm. And it, you know, you had these two, two groups fighting against each other. And it really, the fact that the North won, it just, and due to such uh, tribulation, and particularly when you look at the civil war from a technological standpoint, like People are going to war rather than with muskets. They're going to war with repeaters. And and Mm. all of a sudden, you are much more liable to catch a stray bullet. Lots of people died. And it was a bloody and gruesome war such as has never been seen before. But as a result of that tribulation, it really banded the united states together like this is who we are and this is how we're going to be moving forward we see the same thing in ephesians you're listening to the breakfast show contact us on 0491 064 669 Let's read a couple of verses here to see that. Do you want to pick up for us Ephesians chapter three and verse thirteen? Ephesians three and verse thirteen, and then we'll go to six and verse twenty. After you've uh, opted for a a, a, a a paper Bible, and that's, yes. that is amazing. A real, we've got a real book in the studio this morning. <laughs> Ephesians chapter three and verse thirteen. If you can get that for us, Nathan.
1: All right, here it is. Ephesians three thirteen. But Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law. When he was hung on a cross...
0: Is that 3.3? Sorry, I'm
1: reading from Galatians. Sorry, I will flip (laughs) to a book. I'm
0: like, what is
1: (laughs) is this translation? (laughs) Ephesians Ephesians 3.13. Let's hit it. Okay, here we are. The real Ephesians 3.13 Mm -hmm. uh, is, So please don't lose heart because of my trials. Here, I am suffering for you, so you should feel honored.
0: Yeah, and head to 6 and verse 20 as well. Chapter 6 and verse 20? Mm. All
1: right, here we go. Chapter 6 and verse 20. In my paper Bible, uh, I am in chains now, still preaching this message as God's ambassador. So pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him as I should.
0: Oh, I, I love this so much. We see the context of the book of Ephesians being written. We're going to look at a little bit more context. We're going to actually see Paul's journey to Ephesus, his interactions with the city of Ephesus. But we see that when he is writing the book of Ephesians in itself, he is a prisoner mm. and he has some things to say because his. Prisonership didn't have a Very optimistic outlook I mean Paul was definitely optimistic Because he saw his prisonership As his opportunity to reach Rome and as a result of his work In Rome we see you know it's starting with Paul and then through to you know by the third And fourth century you see a situation in which One-tenth of the Roman Empire is Christian And the Roman Empire at that time Consisted of like seven-eighths Of the world's population so It's like we see the huge Christian Population just exploding and and Paul was really the person to plant the seeds here. But simultaneously, we know that the eventual outcome of his prisonership is that he would die. And that was the, the sentence that he was under during the entirety of his incarceration is that if things don't pan out in terms of my legal defense, I'm gone. But it didn't seem to bother Paul, though, that yeah. he was in it was in chains. It was like he
1: still wrote so positively and eloquently even though he's... And, you just think about. It. I'm in jail, and I'm
0: writing something to people to encourage them. Absolutely, and yeah. despite my persecution, I'm not going to use this as an opportunity, rather to to to, to well to self pity. But rather, instead, um, I got some stuff to say. You know, mm. I might be on the, on the way out. I got some to words. say. Final last words. You know, I've, uh, I've joked around with my friends before, and I, I guess it's not really a joke. I mean, I've always thought about, like, oh, what if I died? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you know, oh, what would my funeral be like? They're just classic questions like that. And, and for me, like, most of my family isn't Christian. And so, I, if there was any time in which they would have to go to church, it'd be my funeral, you know, and it'd be full of my <laughs> friends, my uh, my church family, and whatnot. And I always joke around. I'm like, oh man, you just got to get out there and preach, you know. You you got to take that up. If I just drop dead, uh, and, and not that I don't live my life trying to be a positive influence to my family and trying to lead them to Christ, but I'm like, oh man, if if I'm out, then you got to. I've said this to to one of my friends, Mark, before. I'm like, oh man, if you got to preach my my funeral you need to get up there and just go for it you know just 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 hit them with the gospel you know share with them like the belief that i held and and whatnot and because it's important it's like oh man it's come to a time in which i don't have anything more to say so let me say the most important things and for paul here as well he's like man i'm in chains right now i've i've suffered a lot but i've got some final things to say and i think it's really important that you guys uh hear it well particularly to to the Ephesians who themselves have um, experienced some you know uh, some difficulties and some persecution and Paul even going to Ephesus and experiencing persecution as well. Mm. Let's uh, let's read a couple more verses. Um, oh man, let's go to uh, Acts chapter eighteen. I- I'm just deciding here. I'm like, where, where are we going to go? So we're going to go to Acts chapter eighteen. To, to spend some time. And look at Paul's first interaction with the Ephesians here. We're going to pick it up in, oh, man. It's so hard because just dropping into the book of Acts, like I love Acts. Acts is my, my favorite book in the whole Bible. And just just having to drop in and go like, oh, man, let's start here is is difficult because I'm like, oh, Acts 18, verse 18. But I'm like, oh, well, then surely we have to go to, you know, to like verse 1 because he yeah. have them in Corinth. But no, let's limit ourselves. Let's start in Acts uh, eighteen and we'll start in verse eighteen. If you can read just read, you know, through to twenty
1: one for twenty one. Here we go. So starting at Acts chapter eighteen, verse eighteen. Paul stayed in Corinth for some time after that, then said goodbye to the brothers and sisters, and went to nearby Centria. There he shaved his head according to the Jewish custom, marking the end of a vow. Then he set sail for Syria, taking Priscilla and Aquila with him. They stopped first at the port of Ephesus, where Paul left the others behind. While he was there, he went to the synagogue to reason with the Jews. They asked him to stay longer, but he declined. As he left, however, he said, I will come back later, God willing. Then he set sail for Ephesus.
0: Mm, Absolutely. So we see here uh, that Paul, he... Is on his way to Ephesus. He is interacting with a few of the different Christians in that time. Priscilla and Aquila. We know that Silas is is probably with him up until this point because in the previous uh, in the in the previous story that we read, it, when he's in Corinth, he's there, and he's just come out of a situation in Corinth in which, like in classic Paul fashion, which really shows that this time. Uh, yeah, he has been very heavily persecuted. He's rocked up in Corinth. He's shared with the Jews that were there. They haven't accepted him. He's shared with the, the Gentiles that are there. They also haven't accepted him. <laughs> and they've gone, oh, we really don't like this guy. And so he's, event- he's eventually brought to the judgment seat of the city and, uh, you know, being accused by the Jews of blasphemy. Uh, by you know, to the proconsul there, they're saying, you know, this fellow persuades men to worship God contrary to the law. Uh, but Paul always having something good to say. Do you want to pick it up actually for us in verse 14? Verse 14. Yeah, so 14 of Acts 18. It says, But just as Paul started to
1: make his defense, Galio turned to Paul's accusers and said, Listen, you Jews, if this were a case involving some wrongdoing of a serious crime... I would have a reason to accept your case, but since it's a merely a question of words and names and your Jewish law, take care of it yourselves. I refuse to judge such matters, and he threw them out of the courtroom.
0: Oh yeah, so so again the Jews bring him up to judgement. And it's really tough for Paul here because he's like, oh, I'm going to go to my brothers, you know, my fellow countrymen, and, and share with them the gospel. And then they're like, oh, we're going to sue you. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, if, we, if we're talking about persecution over opinions here in the public forum and in public spaces, <laughs> we're seeing a, a, a real, we're seeing it here in the story of Paul. He's like, I'm just going to go and chat with my friends in the synagogue about, you know, all my, my Jewish brothers about how Jesus is the Messiah. And they're like, oh, we're going to sue you now. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, we're going to throw you in jail as a result of, of what you're sharing. But thankfully, uh, the, the leader of the nation here had his head screwed on, right? The proconsul, uh, Gallio, he's just like, what are you guys talking about? I'm not even <laughs> Jewish. Like, get, get out of here, man. <laughs> and so, but uh, unfortunately for Paul, he sees at this time, oh, man, this has really limited my opportunity to share with the Jews. So I'm, I'm heading out. So he, he's like, I'm going to Ephesus and it's interesting when you see Paul in these times of he, he's traveling around and it's not just success after success, you know it's it's ups, it's downs, it's highs, it's lows, it's you know successes and it's failures and now he's he's heading over to Ephesus and he's like yes i'm gonna I'm gonna head to this place because i've I've been called by God to do an amazing ministry there um and you could you could be in the position of Paul where it's like yes. I've been called to do something by God and often because of that calling we expect success. Mm. But we're going to see very quickly uh that as we we're going to you know get in and observe a little bit what's happening in in chapter 19 and we're going to see that yeah Paul he is is not met with overwhelming success when he comes to Ephesus. In fact, uh the results of his actions there lead to the bitter persecution of himself, other Christians, and an outright city-wide hatred towards Christ, towards Christianity. And you could think like, oh man, wasn't Paul called to success here? But uh, I think um, we see that God is definitely leading him to situations that good things would come from. Obviously, he's writing the book of Ephesians to Christians who are in Ephesus. But yeah, definitely a rocky start here. You're
1: listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different.
0: We are going to have our final quiz for today.
1: Okay, question is, what did King Arad, the Canaanite, do to Israel while they were journeying to the Promised Land? You have four options. Option A, he killed a bunch of Israelite soldiers. Option B, he took some Israelite prisoners. Option C, he stole their supply of grain. Or option D, he provided Israel... With food. Mm-hmm. If you know the answer, either A, B, C, or D, text us in at 0491 064 669. I'll rephrase the question. It's quite a big one. <laughs> what did King Arad the Canaanite do to Israel while they were journeying to the promised land? Mm. A, he killed a bunch of Israelite soldiers. B, he took some Israelites prisoners. C, he stole their supply of grain. Or D, he provided Israel with food. Mm. If you think you have the answer to that, uh, to those questions, uh, text it through to 0491 064 669 for your chance to win a revived cookbook, and it's the eighth version. So, mm.
0: absolutely zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to text with correct answers. Got some interesting text messages coming through. First one here from Margie. She says, "Lawson, I missed the start of your conversation with Justin, but can I give you some quick insight into Zimbabwe? What South Africa is going through with electricity is old hat to Sims problems. <laughs> Every day that country deals with power cuts of cuts of up to 12 hours or more per day." The roads are just one pothole on top of the other, except if you live in the suburbs where the rich live. At the airport, I was asked, do you want to do this the Zimbabwe way? In other words, my second case, which weighed 10 kilos and not seven for carry-on, or 23, which goes in the cargo, um, every which way is corruption, mostly with people in authority. It's awful there. The whole world is running away. Wow. Wow. So, Well, Margie, you sound like you're coming from a position of experience, obviously, sharing your your personal experience there in Zimbabwe. You know, I, I know a lot of Zim people who live here in Australia, and Zim people are incredibly proud of being Zim. They're, they're just, you know, they're like, they're, they're about their culture. They love it. But again, when you bring up the history of Zimbabwe, and particularly over the last 20, 30 years of Mugabe and, and all of those different things, they are very distant from that. And they're very glad to be, to be living here in Australia. And, um, that being said, I, I tell Zim people, and when this happened on the show last week, I was like, yeah, I love Zim people and I love Zim food and I eat, um, sadza and all this stuff, and every time I say that to a Zimbabwean, they're like, "You're from Zimbabwe now." Like, like they they just love. They they are like the most like inclusive globalist culture. They're like, "You've eaten our food. You're now a part of our country," which is so awesome. Like they're, they're fantastic people, but we see in Zimbabwe these problems that are just rife throughout Africa of of corruption. And again, th- these countries, Zimbabwe, South Africa, and whatnot being in a third world developing context when those contexts are hit with such marked and awful corruption it leads the country with no place to grow whereas in, in Australia and in America you can kind of get away with it because you can still make big money kind of on the side while the the system that's already been set up over you know hundreds of years of foundation can keep going whereas it's just so unfortunate in these in these countries where it's it's just because like yeah as it said here 12 debt impacts hours a day with power off in areas like in, in South Africa, in areas like Cape Town and Johannesburg, like in areas where people are trying to like run businesses, like it's so a major, major cities, major cities. Mm. Yeah. Imagine, okay, you, you're a, you're a local in, in South Africa and you're like, okay, I want to start a small business and I want my small business to be a restaurant. And that's because I have done, culinary training like i have a culinary education which is as good as anywhere in the world
1: in which you've spent your life savings yeah you know working on right? that's
0: right and now you can't even keep your produce refrigerated because you know it's like the power goes down for up to 12 hours a day you can't use a point of sale system i have a friend who was in zambia and they said oh yeah they, they do load shedding as well in zambia and Zambia also faces these kinds of problems with corruption too. And they're in Zambia and they're like, oh, so we're waiting for the bus and then the bus showed up and then we went to like tap onto the bus and they were like, oh, well, the power's down so our tap-on system doesn't work so we're just going to sit here for like an hour. The bus just sits there. They're like, we're just going to sit here for an hour until our point of sale system comes back on so that you can pay to get on the bus. So, so if, you, if
1: you're if you going for this big job interview yeah. and you have to wait for the bus, that's it, you've lost it because yes, the power's out. Because
0: the power's out, right. But then probably the job interview won't run as well because, you know, and, and when we think of the power going out, I always think of like, oh, what are the things that need power? I'm like, oh, my phone or my laptop or whatever it may be. And then I'm like, oh, well, yeah, my, my fridge, my <laughs> water pump. It's like, oh, can't flush the toilet for 12 mm. hours. It's, it's it's just, and as Margie writes in, absolute nightmare as well. Oh, man, we've got a bunch of other text messages, but we I think we should just do a little bit more on our study of Ephesians today and obviously pick up our study tomorrow as well. Let's go to Acts chapter 19, and we're going to be reading 13 to 20. Now, you were saying during the break, actually, Nathan, that, yeah, the experience of Paul and Ephesians, uh, well, in sorry, in Acts as he comes yeah. to you know Corinth, Immediately after Athens, yeah, he just- yeah,
1: he comes off the. Uh, you know, he, you know, Paul uses this amazing tact. He just seems to find a, a niche in the culture, and he picks it. You mm. know, and he and he goes in and in Athens. He goes to the unnamed gods, all these gods, and he says, "Well, I know how I'm going to get these guys. I'm going to go to the unnamed gods." So he goes up, he goes up to the um, Arapagus. And he goes and preaches this sermon about the unnamed God. And, you know, that's a victory because he's mm. he's taken something from their culture and applied it to themselves. Mm. And so then he comes off the back of that with, you know, confidence coming into this situation. And things yeah, like
0: absolutely. So. And and you would feel like, wow, I'm just kicking goals. And then comes to Corinth. is That's amazing. So he he gets... There were a number of, you know, philosophers who rejected him. But then all of these incredibly smart, educated philosophers, these Gentiles are like... We'll get on board. Like we 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 want to agree. We actually believe in this Christ that you're talking about. Mm. He comes to Corinth and he goes to the Jews, and the Jews are like, "We hate you. Yeah. We're we're going to take you to. We're going to sue you because you're preaching Jesus." And the the pro council is just like, "What are you talking about? Get lost!" And so he'd be like, "Oh man, what, you know what's going to happen now?" But he feels called to Ephesus here, mm. and he rocks up in Ephesus. Let's pick it up in verse thirteen and just just read through. So, starting uh Ephesians, sorry, Acts chapter 19, starting in verse 13.
1: All right. So, a group of Jews was traveling from town to town, casting out evil spirits. They tried to use the name of the Lord Lord Jesus in their incantation, saying, I command you in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, to come out. Seven sons of Sceva, a leading
0: priest, were doing this. Okay, we'll just stop right there. So, we see that... The, there are these Jews that are now traveling in a similar region doing uh, these exorcisms, <laughs> right? This, this story comes as a little bit of an aside to what's happening so far because it's, it's happening in this in a similar area. They're traveling around and they're casting out miracles. Now, the reason that they're doing this, if you want to read just two verses up, 11 and 12 uh, in chapter 19, if you can get that for us. God gave
1: Paul the power to perform unusual miracles. When handkerchiefs or aprons that had merely touched his skin were placed on sick people, they were healed of their diseases
0: and evil spirits were expelled. Absolutely. So as Paul is coming to Ephesus here, like the work that he is doing is actually finding amazing success Mm -hmm. in the sense of like literal miracles are happening. Mm -hmm. And so I just want to highlight here, God is with him and we're going to pick it up tomorrow and we're going to see the persecution that Paul faces, but... Despite his persecution, it's very obvious God has led him here for a purpose. So, really interesting stuff. You're listening to The Breakfast
1: Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively
0: different. Nathan, give us some answers. All you've been giving us is quizzes and questions. We now need the answers. Give Give us some answers.
1: All right, let's find out if you were right in answering these questions. First question was, who baptized Jesus before his ministry commenced? If you said Paul, you would be wrong. But if you said John the Baptist, you're on the money. Uh, The second question was, what will test the quality of each man's work? Found in 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 13, if you said water, you were wrong, but if you said fire, you hit the bullseye.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely.
1: (laughs) Question three was, who got Joseph thrown into prison by lying about him? If you said one of his brothers, you would be wrong, but if you said Potiphar's wife, you would have got the right answer. Mm. Uh, and the fourth question was, who would have nothing to do with the author of Third John? And if you said, uh, if you look in John, uh, Third John, chapter uh, one and verse nine, it was Diotrephes.
0: Yeah. So yeah. actually. A lo- <laughs> There was some, a bit of struggle with that one. Uh, not Pretty much no one getting it correct. <laughs> but Diatrophanes like, Paul essentially says, he's like, I wrote to the church, now I want to work with the church. But di- this guy, Diatrophanes, he wants to be first and will not welcome us. Uh, so when I come, I'll call attention to what he's doing, spreading malicious nonsense about us. Not satisfied with that, he even refuses to welcome other believers. He also stops those who want to do so and puts them out of the church. So. Mm. toxic church situation we see taking place in the first century here. He was being
1: brutal and spreading misinformation. Absolutely. All right. The final question was, what did King Arad, the Canaanite, do to Israel while they were journeying to the Promised Land? You had four options. A, he killed a bunch of Israelites, uh, Israelite soldiers. B, he took some Israelites' prisoners. C, he stole their supply of grain. D, he provided Israel with food. The answer is found in Numbers chapter 21 and verse uh, verse 1. And if you said B, you were correct. It's he took some Israelites' prisoners.
0: Yeah, um, and that was not a good move because... He was ve- very swiftly dealt with by the army of the Israelites. They mm. took Bro out, so and you know rescued their rescued Rescue their their brothers. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely fantastic! Congratulations, everyone. Just getting answers cor- correct, and of course, this Friday coming up, we'll be giving out our Revive Cafe cookbook. I've got a text message there, Nathan.
1: Yeah, look, uh, this text message is from Alan. He says, "Good morning, guys. How awesome is this God given weather at the moment?" Uh hard to think that it's winter. Well, Alan, you know, out here <laughs> where the studio is, it's pretty cold.
0: Yeah. So yeah. We know Alan. Alan lives in my suburb, actually. He's he's divulged as much to me over the Faith FM text line. So we're you know, we're we're buddies. We're in that similar <laughs> area. And I gotta say it was we're closer to the lake than we are here. Like we're real inland here, so it's like pretty cold and gusty. But at the same time, we've got a southerly blowing through, and it was not warm this morning when I got out of my car. Hey, the sun's out, so that's all right. But now in out here in Curry Curry, we are getting blown over. <laughs> that's wild. Yeah, can, can, yeah Alan asks us, he
1: said, guys, could you please pray for our family? His better half, Amy, has to drive herself to Parramatta. She has uh uni intensives for the next three days. She's studying social work, and she wants to be a blessing to the kids of the Berryburn Primary School next semester for her uni practical, uh, and she's going to be doing that for six months. So if we could pl- pray for that family, that would be wonderful.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I want to say that's it's fantastic to hear that, Christians are taking up the mantles as teachers. There are Mm. more people leaving teaching than are being trained as teachers. And as a result, the government is, you know, pumping so much, you know, funds and subsidies and hex and whatnot, like trying to get people to to go into teaching, which I think is a fantastic opportunity for Christians. It's an absolute mission field. Absolutely. Mm. And uh, yeah, Baravan as well, school out in in that area of Toronto. So, you know, doing a fantastic job there. Well, hey, let's say a prayer for them. Lord and Heavenly Father, I just want to pray for for Alan and particularly his wife, Amy. And uh, as she has these uni intensities coming up in Parramatta, and yes, study is incredibly difficult, but despite this, we know that you have given her a mission uh, to be able to reach these children. And so I just pray that you'd be with her, fill her with the Holy Spirit and enable her to be able to to do this amazing work for you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. You are listening to the breakfast show here on Faith FM, and we have come to the end of the show. Yeah, you know, we're just we're wrapping things up, and Nathan, we've been stoked to have you today.
1: I oh, mean, it's been an absolute pleasure uh, mm-hmm. with you, Lawson, and the and the Faith FM show. Um, have lots of fun, and I'm looking forward to tomorrow.
0: Absolutely. We are definitely looking forward to tomorrow, getting back out here in the in the depths of Curry Curry, into the depths of the Bible. Uh, you know, just spending time in God's Word. But hey, we come to the end of the show, and we always do some kind of giveaway. We give something away for free. And given that, we still have some days left of June. It is still Faith FM's end of financial year giveaway. Now, there's a whole host of ways that you can get in. You can visit Faith FM's Facebook. You can go to their Instagram. You can do all kinds of things. But you can also go to Faith FM's uh, website and enter in the Breakfast Show's secret code. Now, our secret code is the word Weetbix. Wheat-bix. So, Head over to faithfm.com.au and type in Wheatbix into the prompt there. And you'll be able to go into the draw to win Faith FM merch. Free hoodies, free hats, free shirts. And I have been the the recipient, the benefactor of free Faith FM merchandise for... A reason that is kind of obvious. I work here, so they've they've blessed me. They've hooked me up, and I can say it is just fantastic. My favorite piece of Faith FM clothing. I have a Faith FM T-shirt that's a triple XL, and the thing just hangs off me. I'm not a big guy, but I just love having baggy clothes, and I'm like, this thing is stylish as. And hey, yeah, if you want some stylish Faith of M merch, again, faithfm.com.au. But guys, thank you so much for joining us this morning, and remember to talk faith, to live faith, and to act faith, and you'll grow strong in Jesus Christ. God be with you till we meet again. God be with you till we meet again. By His counsel's guide uphold you, with His sheep securely fold.